Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, just appreciate everybody being here today. Um, obviously, exciting part of the basketball season, a, a day for um, all levels, just... Um, Lots of texts from my friends today at different levels, whether it be in Division Two or junior college or Division One. Uh, today is the first day of official practice beginning, so um, just a lot of excitement in the air. Appreciate y'all coming out today. Just some quick hits going on in our program right now, organized by Wes Bloomquist. Um, Thursday, you know, we're so proud to uh, support all the sports here. At Texas Tech, it's one of the unique and great things about our athletic department is we all kind of pull for each other. Certainly last year, having the support of all the different uh, teams and coaches meant the world to us. Um, We'd like to do our part to return the favor. So Thursday night, Morrow is going to be at the soccer game. He's going to do the the, the pre-kickoff of the game. Our team will be out there supporting Coach Stone and that team, a team that I have a lot of respect for. Um, When we first got to Texas Tech, we studied – all the programs, and it didn't take me long to understand why women's soccer here has been so so popular and so good. You know, Coach Stone's the best in the business. We look forward to going out there Thursday where Morrow will do that first kick of the game. Um, you know, as, as we start the season today with practice, just kind of some staff updates. Really pleased this year with the staff we put together. Uh, it starts with our full-time assistants. Pleased to announce Mark Adams has been promoted in terms of title. Um, you know, he still uh, buys my lunch and stuff from time to time, which I appreciate. But um, he'd now be the associate head coach on paper, something that he's been executing since the first day we were here. Um, but I was pleased to show him, you know, this respect and a well-deserved honor for him. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. He's the best coach that I've ever known in basketball. And he does so much for us here, not only on the court, but as a mentor to our players. He's somebody that I trust completely. And uh, we're pleased that Coach Adams will be back for – you know, year three or year four now, right? Year four. Having so much fun in Lubbock, I forget what year it is. Um, Brian Berg returns. Um, Brian's been a big part of everything we've done, both at Little Rock and here at Tech. I think he's one of the best young coaches in the country, a future head coach sooner than later. Obviously, the recent addition to Yurik to our staff, uh, one of the most respected coaches, um, not only in the country, but especially in our region, having coached at all different types of universities in the state of Texas and um, gets a lot of credit for recruiting, but I think Eric's much, much more than just a recruiter. He's a good coach. Uh, he thinks like a head coach, uh, just like Berg. His opportunities coming sooner than later. Uh, support staff this year off the court. Really pleased that Sean Sutton uh, returns. Somebody that's been so valuable and has had his direct imprint on all the success we've had the last couple of years. Uh, Tim McAllister returns year two. Uh, Ops, chief of staff, does a great job with us, keeping our team organized. I think last year's success had a lot to do with Tim. Uh, there's a direct relationship there. They're really pleased that Bob Donawald joins our staff this year as an off-the-court advisor. Uh, Bob's got so much experience in uh, all areas of basketball, especially professional basketball, which I think uh, becomes a great asset to our program because that's certainly where all of our players are striving to get. Bob's got both NBA 
and uh, you know European Euro League experience. Um, John Riley, best in the business, strength coach. You guys know how I feel about John. Um, trust him completely. He, he's the best. And so um, already with this young team, we've made huge strides. And so appreciative of John's loyalty and trust in our program, staying with us uh, this season. Pleased to announce, you know, a new trainer this year. Uh, we're glad that Chris Williams' dreams came true to make it to the NBA. I'm always about that. So that was a great highlight of our time here. Uh, but then to replace him quickly with Mike, somebody that I've already won a championship with at Little Rock, players first guy, played the game at a high level, just a really, really good asset to our program, Mike, in the training room. Um, hesitate to mention everybody's I know uh, forget somebody, but I'm pleased to uh, to welcome Alex to our program, uh, Director of Marketing now for basketball. So appreciative of all the work that's gone on the last couple of years with our attendance increase, protecting our home court as we built the program. Um, and now we add somebody else to that group. All the people have helped us in the past, you know, continue to to grind it out for us. And then Alex comes in in a new position uh, where he can dedicate his time to men's basketball around the calendar. So I think we'll uh, we'll all see the results in that immediately. Um, things coming up on our calendar. We're, we're pleased we're playing the exhibition game in El Paso on October 12th for a great cause. El Paso strong. Um, that game will be open to the public, and all the proceeds of the gate will go to the the, the El Paso uh, Strong Fund. Uh, the, the ridiculous tragedy that happened out there. This will be real dollars that that help some of those families. I want to welcome or invite all Texas Tech people, Red Raider Nation, to come to El Paso that night. I think it's a a late tip. It's an eight o'clock tip. Seven here, so seven p.m. Lubbock. Eight. It'll be eight p.m. Is that accurate? Eight here, seven in El Paso. Going west uh, for that game. So. The ticket information I think is already out on the UTEP site. We'll try to get that stuff loaded up on our site as well. We want to have a a showing of Red Raider Nation in El Paso as we play that game for a great cause. Um, obviously, our season opener is November 5th, where we'll uh, you know do some special things for the crowd and the student body. Um, we'll have replica banners from last year's Big 12 Championship and Final Four National Championship game appearance. thought those banners last year were a hit for the Elite Eight. I still have people all the time come up to us and ask where they can get one or can we sign them in this thing. So we'll do the banners again on the opening night, um, you know, celebrate last year's success and then, you know, try to start this year off against a really good, well-coached Eastern Illinois team at home. Um, so I wanted to get that on everybody's radar nice and early. Um, you know, two things. One, for the season ticket holders, so appreciative of their support. Season tickets are at an all-time high here at Tech. Um, they've been such a big, big part of our success and just want to uh, remind everybody that we're doing promotions this year. What we're looking for is to get 100% uh, you know, scan tickets on the nights that families can't come. If they could please take the extra effort to give the tickets to people where they'll actually come to the games and sit. Uh, this is the big step for year four. We're going to try to get 100% of every season ticket holder filled each night. To do that, it starts with just educating our season ticket holders. So thankful for buying the tickets. So thankful for your support. But we also understand the reality that you can't come to every game. Things pop up. you got kids, families, lives. We're asking you to please take the extra effort this year and give your tickets to people to make sure your seats are filled. With that in mind, we'll have promotions and gifts throughout the season. Uh, as, you, as you keep that 100% attendance, all sorts of special promotions and gifts for our season ticket holders. Uh, next group, and my personal favorite group, the most important group, I think, to Tech Basketball is our student body. So appreciative of what's going on the last couple of years here. Now we try to take the next step 
start selling out games around here regardless of who we play or when we play, uh, make it more about us and the team we're playing. Uh, with that in mind, we all know we have Kentucky coming here, uh, one of the premier programs in college basketball, Hall of Fame coach, NBA players. We strive to be the kind of program Kentucky has been and is consistently. With that game, want to get the word out to the students nice and early. Uh, to assure yourself a spot at the Kentucky game, we're looking for attendance at the first five games. So as a student, you come to the first five games, the first four, and then the first Big 12 game. Uh, when we come back from the break, then that assures you 100% guaranteed a spot in the Kentucky game. Uh, we'll get that word out on social media, through the fireside chat, uh, through every time I talk, and with the media's help. That's the big, big message. Uh, you need to come to every game this year to assure yourself uh, the Kentucky game and the Big 12 games later on uh, in the conference season. Um, appreciate your time and patience with those quick hits. I'll be more than happy to answer a couple questions this afternoon. Who's up? Come on, Carlos. Carlos, Carlos step up. I know, uh, obviously, yesterday was a sad day for Texas Tech. Uh, I guess, have you thought about, I guess, how you're going to honor Andre through the season, through a patch or anything like that? Yeah, um, you know, no doubt, not just for me, but everybody at Texas Tech and our program. Um, you know, I just don't understand why these things happen. I think most people would agree with me on that. It's just uh, it's where faith kicks in. and um, But just, uh, you know, a day that hasn't gotten really any easier today. Actually, I uh, heard from Andre's mom this morning. Um, all former players are calling in, and we're basically just trying to rally for, for Dre's family now. Uh, as you know, he's a father. And uh, making sure that we're doing everything we can do from our point of view. You know, two things about Andre. First, the player, which is really minimal and unimportant right now. Um, but last, uh, you know, 24, 36 hours, we've been thinking a lot about Andre. Obviously, the world knew his talent. I mean, arguably the best player to ever play at this school, maybe the best player to ever play in the Big 12, um, the best score I ever coached, competitive. But the thing I always come back to with Dre is just how confident he was. I tell our players all the time, confidence is one of the things you have to have. You earn it through your work and your mental, and then all elite people have confidence. Just think about it in your own life. Tell me something that's elite. Tell me somebody that's elite at what they do and they don't have confidence. It doesn't exist. And Andre just had a confidence around him that bled into other people. He made me a better coach. Um, at least once or twice a week, we do something with our team that I learned directly from Andre Emmett. So the basketball player was special. But more importantly, I mean, let's talk about the man. Um, his relationship with his mom that I saw, you know, first time I ever met Andre when he played for Coach Knight and I was here as an assistant. Um, you know, I, I hope that I'm the kind of kid to my mom and dad that Dre was to his mom. That was a special bond. To see what kind of father he was, uh, it was just special. Every time I talked to him, he talked about his kids. When he came to Lubbock, he was so proud of his kids. So um, just the family guy he was, the son he was, the father he was. And then... You know, basketball is just a small part of Dre's uh, life. Most recently, he was investing time and finances in his um, his foundations that were helping kids. He was so proud about it. You know, he, he would burn me up, you know, asking for not only my help, but everybody's help to try to help his support his causes. And he was so proud to say the things he was doing to help kids. So, um, again, publicly, I, I represent a lot of people when I say this, but our deepest sympathies to Dre's family. Um, and as time goes on here, you know, start celebrating his life. Obviously, it's going to take a long time or we'll never get over this, but I tend to just think about how short this life is that we're all living and just try to celebrate Dre and all the great things that he represented and the man he was. 
I guess just to kind of switch to basketball a little bit, I guess in your def- Division One career, probably the youngest team you're ever going to or that you've had so far, I guess what, what's the challenge of kind of getting them ready or just kind of obviously getting them kind of acclimated to what you all want to do on offense and defense? Well, first of all, the whole thing with youth, you know, I, I think um, – you know, I've always said there, there's a relationship in college basketball between experience and winning, but not, not necessarily age. You know, if that was the deal, everybody would just go out and sign a bunch of 24, 25-year-old guys that hadn't been to college, and you're the oldest team and you win. It doesn't work that way. But I do think there's a relationship between experience and winning. So these young guys that we're calling freshmen now, they'll come a time sooner than later where they're not freshmen. I think if a guy plays a lot of minutes, by the time you get to Christmas, you're basically already a sophomore. So I'm a big believer in experience over age or your classification on a roster. So these guys are all getting experience. All seven of them contributed uh, in the Bahamas and played real minutes. They got all season under their belt now. They got fall practices, and now today we start official practice with these guys. So, um, and I really, I you know, we do have returners too. I think to just to say we're a young team is not accurate. We've got Holyfield and Chris, two of the most experienced seniors in college basketball. Morrow's played a lot of ball, including all the way up until a national championship game. Kyler Edwards played a great role last year. He looks to take the next step. And then Avery Spenson, somebody that I, I have a lot of respect for. Avery's a big part of what we do around here. So, yes, we're a, we're a, we're a young team, but. Uh, no excuse. We're a no excuse culture. We intend to be a part of the fight this year, regardless of what classification guys we have on our roster. Coach, speaking of the Bahamas, what was your biggest takeaway as a coach, and what did you learn about your team coming from the Bahamas? Yeah, I think first of all, from the positives, I think depth could again be a great attribute. We have 13 guys that are eligible to practice today, and all 13 of them are on my mind right now. As guys are going to contribute this year. Um, so I think the first thing is the depth. Uh, I think uh, defensively we have the length and athleticism, and, and we play hard. These guys want to defend. You know, I started in the recruiting process. Don't come to Texas Tech if you don't want to guard the guy in front of you. Um, so I think we have a chance to be a good defensive team. I like our depth. Um, and then obviously great thing about practice and foreign tours, no different, exposes weaknesses, things you got to work on. So right now I think Morrow said it best today, we're a work in progress. Uh, chemistry continues to be something that we work on. I, I look for us to be a better team December 1 than we are November 1, all the way, hopefully, to you know that first Monday in April. You know, Speaking of recruiting, with all the success you've had the last couple of years with those deep runs, obviously the Big 12 championship, and then putting guys in the league, have you noticed a difference on the recruiting trail off of that success? Yeah, I think you always strive to improve. Like Just like in coaching and playing, you try to improve and the recruiting game, you're trying to do that as well. So uh, to me, it always goes back to that first team we had here with Devin Livingston and those guys buying in and establishing a culture and a foundation that allowed us to recruit well the next year. You know, that was, uh, you know, Z and Culver coming in. And then obviously the success of that team allows Matt and Tariq to take a look at Texas Tech. And then certainly those guys have given us a chance to have these talented guys we have on the team now. So I think your best recruiters are always your 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 current team, your past team. So I think uh, the success that the, the past players have had in the last couple of years absolutely has uh, has impacted recruiting in a good way. So um, at the end of last year, you had a lot of players move on. So who do you see this year as kind of stepping up as a leader, both as like vocally or as setting an example for the young team? Yeah, to me, uh, the way my mind works it always starts with the returners. And so for us, it's Morrow coming back. He's one of the um, you know best players in the Big 12 as a sophomore and a returning starter. 
It's Kyler Edwards coming back, playing his best basketball in March and April when it mattered most. Worked really hard. Never seen a guy have a better offseason than Kyler Edwards did, both mentally and physically. Have a lot of confidence in Kyler this year. And then Avery, a guy that's staying the course and, has, and helped us so much last year. Um, you know, down the stretch when his number was called, helped us get back on track and eventually win the Big 12 while he was playing valuable minutes. So those three guys is where my mind starts. Your returners always have to get better, just like your coaches always have to get better. And then recruiting, for us, it starts with those two grad transfers, Chris and Holyfield, and then to the to the freshmen. You know, and then Joel's a transfer. We're waiting to hear the NCAA's decision on his waiver. If he plays, he's going to be in the mix. Uh, and if he doesn't play, we're going to have the best off-season year in the history of college basketball to get him ready to be a great player the first day he does play. Coach, going back to uh, the Bahamas trip, uh, a couple of guys didn't play that much after what appeared to be injuries. Everybody healthy, good to go, 100%? Yeah, I don't know if anybody's 100% healthy in basketball because it just goes year-round. You know, we play in the summer, Bahamas. so um, but w- But we're – we're as healthy as we, we can be, you know. Again, no excuse culture. We're ready. Um, Max a little bit banged up right now, um, and so he's taking a couple of days off. But other than that, we got 12 guys practicing today. Everybody's got, you know, issues here and there, like every college basketball player. But for the most part, we're healthy. And, um, again, looking forward to getting things started today. TJ mentioned switching to guard. How have you seen that transition for him through the Bahamas and, I guess, uh, off-season workouts? Yeah, I think what we're looking for with uh, Holyfield is just versatility uh, to not be a position player, but to be a basketball player. You know, I, I remember when I recruited TJ vividly, I, we were talking about positions and some of the teams we were recruiting against were, were, were um, awful interested in what we do here a little bit more than I think they should have just been interested in what they did there. But um, but I think with Holyfield, I just said, let's talk about numbers. Like, I mean, what, what is LeBron? Is LeBron a three? Is he a four? Is he a two? I mean, I think LeBron's the best point guard in the league when he wants to be. He's the best five man in the league when he chooses. I mean, he's he's a player. So that's the way I've always seen basketball, positionless. So I think with Holyfield, we're just trying to get him to think outside of like one position. Uh, we want Holyfield to make plays around the rim. He's going to post up for us, but he's also going to spread the floor and do things uh, similar to how Tariq played for us last year. You know, I don't think Holyfield's a center. I don't think he's a forward. I think he's a basketball player. He's a talented guy, and, um, you know, I have a lot of confidence in him. I predict he'll have the best year he's ever had in college basketball, and I predict he'll be in the NBA conversation next spring. Well, that follows up my next question. You've had some pretty good proclamations in these pregame press conferences. Is that the one there, or do you have another one for us? Uh, A couple years ago was Zaire. Is there there one that you'd like to share with us now? You're the only guy that listens, man. Because everybody always tells me, Zaire, did you really think he's an NBA player? Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I think this year's team is going to get better as the year goes on. Uh, I think we'll be playing our best basketball late in the year. I think we're going to get great leadership from our two seniors uh, and our three returners. I think our freshmen are, are all have greatness in them. And the first thing, you know, to be a leader one day is you got to be a follower. you got to learn how to follow to lead. Um, and I think all these guys have demonstrated that. They've shown a lot of respect to the guys older than them, but at the same time they're keeping their confidence and their swagger that they're here to compete this year too. Um, I think it'll be another close-knit Texas Tech team where our chemistry becomes an asset. We're going to play for the guy next to us and not and not the guy, you know, on the back of our jersey. Um, I, th- I think we're going to be a part of the fight. You know, it's 
course, you know, the first day of practice, if any coach in America right now is talking about they're not going to be any good, they got real problems. So, um, you know, I know this. There's a way to win every game on our schedule, uh, and we're going to do the best we can to coach and prepare and to play each night, you know, to try to win that one game at a time. You, you've talked a little bit about Moro's leadership, and you kind of mentioned him being a follower there. What, how, what type of leader do you expect him to be? Because he mentioned he's not the most vocal guy in the world. Have you talked to him about being more vocal, or is, is he just a do-it-by-example guy? Yeah, well, first of all, Moro was a great leader last year. He was a starting point guard on a team that won the Big 12 and played for national championships. So um, he's a great leader last year. Everybody leads in different ways. You know, everybody isn't Tim Tebow or Magic Johnson. Although I would love to coach a guy like that one day. Other guys coach, you know, other guys lead through example or lead um, you know, like a Norrence Adiase. He wasn't the most vocal guy in front of you people, but I'm telling you in that locker room, he had he had that locker room in the palm of his hand. So people lead in different ways. With Moro, it starts with his own discipline. Uh, he he's basically thinks and acts and lives his life like a professional. He knows his priorities. He doesn't have distractions. He's a real pro. He's a pro's pro. Um, and so if the way he leads to start is just by example. I tell people all the time, just look at Morrow, like, you know, do that. And he's starting to come out of his shell in terms of leadership. I've seen this on his national team and back home, so it doesn't surprise me. I think he has it in him. He's already done a great job. And I think, you no, know, today's a big day for Morrow. I think today's practice will be a different Morrow than maybe I've ever seen. Obviously, every Chris Beard team has kind of those core values that you keep on the floor. But stylistically, should we expect some differences from maybe what we've seen last year or the year before will be kind of similar stylistically on the floor? Yeah, we're always trying to get better and try new things. I think, um, you know, obviously we're going to play defense. We're going to share the ball. We're going to try not to give it to the other team. We'll try not to beat ourselves, and we're going to play hard. And um, That's our culture. That's not going to change. But from year to year, you know, with, with your talent, I think it's no secret this year with our length and athleticism, I think we could really press the tempo defensively, probably be a team that presses more in the past and, Offensively, we'll have the ability to get out in the open court. Um, probably the, the best of our four teams here at Tech in terms of getting easy baskets because of our athleticism. But, um, but yeah, great question. I mean, it, you know, hopefully the, the culture stays intact. Um, but every year we're going to do what we have to do to give ourselves a chance to be successful. And every team's different. And last year, we'll make this the last question. Okay. Last year, obviously, you probably learned a lot about your team early on, playing a team like Duke. To get teams like Louisville and Kentucky on the schedule non-conference-wise, how big is that to kind of learn a great deal about, especially a young team? Yeah, it's always been our plan. You know, I said when I first got here, I said, you know, we got to get in the fight. If we're ever going to win the fight, we got to get in the fight. Then I said, you know, if we can get in the fight long enough, we'll win it. And, um, you know, we, we've won a couple fights, and we came up a little bit short in the biggest fight of all. But – um, you know, a big part of that is playing the best people. So, you know, I, I think uh, Coach Adams and Coach Sutton do a great job with the schedule. We want to push ourselves. We want to play the best teams in the country. Certainly this year, again, with Louisville and DePaul and, um, you know, Kentucky, among many more, this is just who we're going to be. If you're going to win the fight, you got to get in the fight. You're not in a fight if you're not playing the best teams in college basketball. So I like this year's schedule. Um, I like the fact that we're playing in Midland for our fan base there. I'm really proud of that game. Third game of the year, we'll play in Midland. We've got home games against NCAA tournament projected teams um, that'll that'll test us. We're going on the road as all our teams will. So I think it's uh, I think it's the schedule that that we wanted it to be. It's going to test us. It's going to push us. It's going to expose a lot of things. Hopefully, it'll get us ready for Big 12 play. Thank you.
Uh, challenge, I don't know. I think it's been a good transition from um, where I was at. Uh, it's obviously a different program, uh, different set of rules, but I guess uh, transitioning more into a perimeter player. Uh, at my last school, I played a lot around the basket. I uh, posted up most of my game, and I'm uh, transitioning more into a perimeter player. Just for you, you're kind of an interesting graduate transfer along with Thank Chris, you. where you kind of have, uh, <laughs> I guess, what where you didn't play the year before. I guess, what, what, what have you done to kind of get yourself kind of ready for that game action along with the foreign trip? Uh, yeah, I just kept to the process. Uh, I dislocated my shoulder, tore my labrum. I was out for about eight months, um, and I had a lot of lot of little stuff going on with it, um, with the recovery process, but I just stayed the course. Uh, rehab, um, on the court, um, shooting, just it's just the process, I guess. David, I guess for you, uh, just kind of starting your junior year, I guess, what, what do you do to kind of be that much better this year? Um, I think uh, I improved a lot since my freshman year. I just feel like just keep doing what I'm doing and maybe a little bit more, uh, stay a little bit more in the gym, spend some more time with the coaches stuff. Uh, I think I think that's what I need to do to improve uh, even even more. TJ, when you were trying to make your decision, how much of what you saw and what Coach Beard was able to do for Matt and Tariq kind of help you influence you to come to Tech for your graduate transfer year? Yeah, um, so that was one of the reasons why I chose Texas Tech. Um, they are a senior-led program, um, and they had success with grad graduate uh, transfers, um, and I was in the boat for both of those. Um, and just the success they had with the transfers, like I said, um, was one of the reasons why I came. So. And then for you, whenever you come from one school to another, what was that adjustment process like? Obviously, you talked a little bit about how you, how you change your game uh, and how you adapt into a new team and maybe a new role. Uh, I've always thought I had the same role. It doesn't matter which team I was playing on. Um, and I think uh, the Southland Conference, where I'm at, is a very underrated mid-major uh, league. Um, so my transition from the Southland uh, to the Big 12 uh, wasn't as hard as I think people people think it is. TJ, for, for you, me. for you, how's Coach Riley kind of been uh, dealing with that past injury and just the strength and conditioning program that he established here? Well, he doesn't let me take a day off. It doesn't matter if I come in with crutches on. Um, so he find he always finds a way to get in a workout. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's with my shoulder or anything else going on with my body. Um, he's very consistent. I don't like that about him. So do you have any specific improvements or changes you want to get out of this last year as a graduate student? Absolutely. Um, I guess uh, back to me transitioning into a perimeter, uh, perimeter basketball player, uh, ball handling, uh, taking care of the ball, valuing every possession, valuing every shot. Um, just becoming more of a student of the game as well. Moro, uh, could you speak to, I guess, being more of a leader on this team with so many new faces and what it's been like to, I guess, <laughs> work in all of those new faces and, and learn all those names? Yeah, I think it's a work in progress. Um, I think uh, I've done a lot uh, since my sophomore year. Uh, been growing a lot, and uh, I'm just you know trying to uh, see what uh, great leaders that I had in my freshman and sophomore year have done with me, and trying to imitate them. Uh, like I say, it's, um, 
it's a working process and uh, I feel I can do uh, I can be more vocal I can be I feel like I'm a leading by example leader and um, the the thing that I'm trying to work on is trying to be more vocal and uh, um, you know try to lead the team with my voice Coach Beard talked to you about that and giving you any wisdom on how Maybe oh, yeah. you can be a little more vocal. No, yeah, he always tried to, like, you know, make the example of uh, Norrence and, um, you know, Justin Gray, those two great leaders that I had my freshman and my sophomore years. For you, TJ, along those same lines. Uh, I'm sorry, where is it coming? There you are. Uh, I, I expect Coach Beard expects you to be a leader as well, just from Twitter. Uh, from Twitter, yeah, okay. Yeah, re- reading his posts on Twitter, you know. Okay. He's, he's a guy to follow if you haven't followed him yet. Um, <laughs> is hey, it man. hard to do that as somebody that comes in as a graduate transfer? Has that been difficult for you to take on a leadership role with a bunch of new faces? Um, like I said, I've, I've always tried to be a leader um, everywhere I've been. Um, we have seven new freshmen uh, on the team, seven freshmen, never played a game of college basketball. I think uh, me being a graduate transfer, um, I have a little bit of influence over them, and I try to just, like Moro said, lead by example. Uh, people respect someone who plays hard, who does the right thing on and off the court, and that's the person I try to be. So, Question for both of you guys. Um, just what I'm doing. talk about that that foreign trip and what that was like for you as far as just kind of starting that gelling process, uh, especially for you, TJ, kind of coming into a, a new situation and kind of getting to know these guys. What's what's been the whole process like for you guys, and how was that foreign trip helpful in kind of gelling his team? The foreign trip was great. Um, just experiencing uh, the Bahamian culture, going uh, out of the states just to play basketball was always good. Um, uh, with the team, it was a bonding experience in itself. Uh, it was good for uh, each of us individually to get to play um, in front of a crowd, uh, in front of refs, in front of another good team. Um, and we all got to see each other's strengths and weaknesses, and we brought it back to Lubbock to kind of break it down to get us ready for the season. If you want. What are your thoughts on just kind of playing open that overseas tour and, and how that helps kind of help to solidify you guys more than you had that opportunity you know in years past yeah i'm, I'm just sad that i was able to play just one game at the bahamas and uh no not trying to help my team on the, the remaining two games but um i've seen a lot of improvements from the game one uh i feel like really help us to get along to with each other and um that's basically what we need like i think the biggest strength on the last year team was how close we were and uh, I feel like we we have to be even closer and beginning as as soon as possible with this team. TJ you mentioned how many other new guys there are mm-hmm. besides just you. Is that helpful, hurtful when you're when you're kind of not the only one in that boat? And is there someone that you can turn to on this team for kind of advice and help in that aspect? Absolutely, we can we can all turn to the returners, uh, Moro, Kyler, and uh, who's the third returner? Avery. Avery, boom. Um, but I think it's easier, I guess, individually for me because there's nine other people that uh, don't really know, you know, what they were doing as soon as they got here. Um, but we're all helping each other, and I guess it's uh, it's also good because we're improving together, and it's at a much faster rate than I I would say. Um, as an individual. Any other questions for the players? 
No other questions? Come on, guys. <laughs> Nothing.